It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There is plenty of writing on the wall this season for the Calgary Flames. No, literally, there's writing on the locker room wall now. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. Thank you so much for joining me here today. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and I am so excited to be wrapping up this week with all of you. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Today, We are going to be talking about uh, the literal writing on the wall, (laughs) the Flames locker room changes. We're going to be talking about Backlund for captain. And of course, Jacob Pelletier gets a little raw and honest in a preseason interview, as well as our winners and losers of the week. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts, because we're here for you five days a week, Monday through Friday. Hockey's back, and it feels so good. The weather is, like, starting to, like, get that crisp uh, fall feeling in the air. I'm going to an orchard on Sunday. Like, fall is here. Hockey is here. Obviously, last few days, we've been training camp, and (laughs) players have been chatting with the media, and they're doing a lot. They're they're talking a lot. <laughs> it's all good stuff, obviously. You know, it's nice to see them energized and to see their personality again. And they have life behind their eyes. And to me, that is so important because the way last season ended was just so defeating. And I can't imagine what it was like for them. But uh, there was a video posted, I believe it was Derek Wills who posted the video of uh, the new locker room look and there's uh, words on the wall. It's like consistency, commitment, and I'm forgetting the other two, but uh, two, those are two key factors that it's going to take to win this season. So it's nice to kind of have that, you know, it's, it's always there. And it's a nice reminder. Players have also been saying that, you know, Backland is more than likely going to be the captain. Simply, they're they're alluding to it, right? Everyone that has been asked about it has pretty much said that's Backlund. Backlund's our guy, and we we know what the issue here is, right? You aren't naming him captain if he isn't re-signed. It is they've made that clear. They. I don't think that they want to do it. They've kind of used it as like a bribery or as a bribe rather. But it, it, that looks like the direction that they're heading. I think uh, it was Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk who said he is the most confident out of uh, that Backland will resign out of Backland, Lindy, and Hannafin. And Elliot Friedman has said that it's only a matter of time before they name their captain. 
Blake Coleman today was asked about it and said, like, the anticipation is going to be so worth everyone's wait and everyone's going to be excited. Oh, what happens here <laughs> if, you know, they're, they're hyping up Backland. Like, they are saying everything they need to to kind of prime this unveiling of career-long Calgary Flame is taking over Geo's uh, captaincy and stepping up because the team needs a true leader. What happens if it's not Michael Backlund? What happens if Backlund like decides, oh no, I, like I don't want to resign anymore. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta see what's out there. And then they go with Rasmus, say like Rasmus Anderson, right? Okay, here's your captain, Rasmus Anderson. Uh, the guy that we were gonna name just decided, you know, he doesn't want to be here anymore officially. So. uh you know, he, he might be two stalls down and in the same locker room, but here's your new actual captain that is not Michael Backlund. That would just be super awkward. I would think it. the writing is there. Like, it, they would not be putting these clips out. They would not be... The players wouldn't be saying these things if Backlund wasn't staying. So I just, I would like everyone to kind of prepare for that because that is what is more than likely going to happen. And it's kind of uh, looking like the time frame is the preseason. So, you know, we've got a few games ahead of us these next few weeks, right? Before October 11th. And that that's a good chunk of time. And I, I mean... I would say that things are probably going to play out that way. I mean, right now it's the end of September. I would say by the end of the month. That gives them eight days. I feel like that is realistic. They'll start October and they'll say like, oh, new month, new captain. And all that fun stuff that you have to do for social media marketing, right? But I I feel like Backland is... a a good choice. I believe I made or I had an episode out at the end of the season, early off season about how Backland should be the next captain. It might have even been during the season, really. So it it feels like the obvious choice had he not if he doesn't stay, feels like it's going to be Rasmus Anderson or Mackenzie Weger. I'm fine with any of these choices because all of these guys have demonstrated what they what they need to do in order to be successful leaders and people respect them. So it, it's looking good. But to the on ice stuff for a second here, okay? Uh, obviously it is preseason. Preseason, no one no one is ever coming out in mid-season form. Uh, I don't even know if Connor McDavid would. Very good question there. But the Flames, I guess, are looking like a different team. They are spending a lot of time uh, like, like actually practicing and looking like, uh, you know, a legitimate hockey team. They're doing conditioning, lots of battling. There's, there's speed. They look energized. It's, it feels like, again from what we have seen in two days, feels like a very different vibe overall performance than the end of last season. Obviously, you know, preseason, it's drills. It's not a game, but you are seeing signs of life in these guys. And it's it's just nice to see. It's a breath of fresh air. 
coming up next, we are going to be talking about Jacob Pelletier and uh, in an article interview he did with the Flames website. But before we do that, I am going to talk to you about our friends at Bird Dogs. If you don't know what Bird Dogs are, you are missing out. They are the most comfortable pair of shorts I have ever owned. And I I am someone, clearly, that dresses for comfort. I love my sweatpants. I love my sweatshirts. And Bird Dogs, while they have that comfort feeling... They, you can still dress them up. You can wear a polo with them. You can wear like a cool graphic t-shirt. They're good for any occasion. And uh, I've worn mine to cookouts. I've seen my friends wear theirs on the golf course. People wear them to the gym. Like they're really truly good for any occasion, even date night. So if you are interested in being stylish and comfortable, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or enter promo code LockedOnNHL at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, and we promise you that. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us or with me today on Locked On Flames. I am so grateful to be here. This is my fourth season, technically my third full one. Can do we count the fifty game, fifty six game season as a season, as a full season? I came in right before the pause, so uh, if you've been listening that long, I again, I'm so sorry that you had to listen to those early days, but I'm so grateful you are still here. I thought it would uh, be a good time to share this article, mainly because I read it right before decided to decide what we wanted to talk about today. But to me, this just screams uh, professionalism. It screams, I'm so excited to watch Jacob Pelletier play. I'm going to read the article. It's uh, by Ryan Dittrich uh, of CalgaryFlames.com. He took a slow, he took a deep breath and began the walk out, slow, steady, with one foot in front of the other. When he took those few final steps out of the tunnel, he gazed at the vista before him. Jacob Pelletier was thinking about everything and everyone that helped him to this point. Not not the game he was about to embark on, but the people that dedicated their lives to help him climb the ladder and realize a childhood dream. This this quote got me. My, my aunt passed away two years ago. Uh, Pelletier say, recall, said, recalling his emotions the night of his NHL debut, it was a big moment for me and my family. So in the back of my mind, I was having those thoughts for her because she came out to Moncton, Moncton to watch me play. So many of us do what we need to do to get by after we lose a loved one. And we honor them in different ways. And we, um, you know, we might think of them and 
big milestone moments in our lives and how they're not there, but not physically there, but they're, they're there. And this was just, you know, this kid's about to go play his first NHL game. He's probably like crapping himself, but he's still finding that like time, I guess, to, to kind of step back and realize like, I am here because so many people took the time and effort to, and believed in me. And he says, uh, I'm close to all my cousins, my aunt, my uncle. I think the big thing is that I thought of her and I wanted to be appreciative of the opportunity I had. Again, just he's such a good kid, right? Pelletier logged a total of 14 shifts that night, recording one shot on January 21st against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That began a 23-game, sorry, 23 straight, a stretch of 23 straight games in the Flames lineup where he tallied seven points, three goals, and four assists, and became something of a cult hero for his infectious locker room presence and delightfully wholesome goal celebrations, even when he himself wasn't on the ice. If there was one thing that I (laughs) really loved from last season, it was just, it was his infectious energy and how he just lit up the god-awful dark room that the flames were in and I know that's like a like super cliche but he he was out there he was always hugging uh Huberto who did he try to lift up was it Lindholm he like tried to pick up after a goal it was just it was great like him and uh Kadri I think at one point like patting him on the head and just always being involved and excited and bringing something that he the lineup was missing for me it's to bring some positivity around to bring some good vibes Pelletier said that's the main thing I think I can I think I can control that it's the way I am so that's so so that's going to be easy but at the same time it's on the ice playing fast playing with pace and trying to create some turnovers, and then create some scoring chances and to score goals. I think that's the big thing for me. Well, yes, I would certainly hope that um, (laughs) you want to score some goals. I think that that is a reasonable expectation. I mean, that is what you're being paid to do. But it's nice that he is just that person he doesn't have to you know force that you know some people have to like put on a face to be that funny delightful person to be around and he just he he says it himself he is just genuinely that person that is just who he is and I think everyone needs something and someone like that in the workplace otherwise it's not very fun it's been well documented well documented that Pelletier struck an immediate bond with fellow Quebecer Jonathan Huberdeau last year despite the 8-year age gap. In fact, Huberdeau famously treated the rookie to a lavish steak dinner in New York City of all places to help ease the transition and welcome Pelletier to the bigs. That is the 
kind of stuff that matters. Because, number one, he's probably crapping himself, again, because he's just been called up to the NHL. He knows that he's going to be playing with one of the most elite playmakers in the league. And they have that French-Canadian-Quebec connection. And to be mentored by someone that he has looked up to, that's that's crazy. And it's one of those full circle moments for him. And I'm sure that Huberdo, you know, didn't doesn't take this kind of stuff lightly because he knows what it's like to be the new kid. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to have someone take you under their wing. It was like a dream for me to be with the boys, Pelletier said, off the experience of the experience last year. The first six games, I was there. I didn't play. So to soak everything up, the practices, the nights with the guys that we went for supper, that was a big thing. The most important thing was that I learned how to be a pro off the ice. That is something that we've talked about on the show before. I know Nick and I have mentioned it when talking about these kids making the jump even from the draft to just to being a professional athlete, right? You have kids, Connor Bedard the other day said it himself. He was like, uh, he was asked about like what he was doing. And he was like, oh, like I, I've learned to cook for myself uh, and take care of myself like outside of the home or whatever. And a reporter followed it up with like, oh, what do you like to make? And he was like, oh, I, I was just saying that to say that I don't, I don't, I don't do any of that. And it's hysterical because, you know, I'm sure Connor Bedard is not cooking himself any meals. I'm sure he is mainly eating at the team facility and has a nutritionist, the team nutritionist pack packing and meal prepping his food. And there is such a difference and a change of pace when you go even from the AHL to the NHL, you are, you're playing more, there's more games, there's guys a lot bigger, a lot older, and a lot stronger than you, there's more experienced players, it's a no, no nonsense, as much as you can say that, uh, kind of thing, you need to be able, you can't just be the class clown, you can't just go in there and be that immature, silly kid, you need to conduct yourself in a certain way. And I think that Pelletier does that. And, you know, he does it in a way that is fun. And But he still brings that level of professionalism to it. And I think that being mentored by Jonathan Huberto, you know, helps reinforce that. And I'm not saying he wouldn't be that way if Huberto wasn't there. Uh, but I'm sure it's a nice kind of like, if I have questions about anything, I know I can go to him. And it's not going to be a, a judgment sort of thing, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I would worry about people judging me. But that is all I have for Jacob Pelletier. And coming up next, we are going to talk winners and losers of the week because some, some things are just bigger than hockey. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me today as we wrap up the first week of Calgary Flames Hockey. 
and make sure you're subscribed because we're back for you five days a week wherever you get your podcasts and of course on YouTube as well. I love doing winners and losers of the week because it gives me an opportunity to talk about things other than hockey (laughs) and but also shine a light on things that is a small platform where I get to talk every day and hopefully someone listens. And Nikita Zadorov did the same thing this week, except his platform's a little, just a little bit bigger than mine. <laughs> he went on to, not kind of, he, he spoke out against Russia's invasion and war on Ukraine and the war in Ukraine. And as a Russian player, that is, there there can be serious implications to that. We, we all know, you know, Panarin had to leave the uh, the Rangers at one point because of family safety concerns we've seen players just go along hopefully not agree with Putin for the sake of the family safety and that is a big reason why play Russian players don't really speak out but Nikita Zadorov doubled down today on his YouTube interview I think it's important for me to speak personally I I think I hopefully can change something in this world. It just sucks what's going on over there right now, and it's important to be vocal. He knew there would be backlash, but not yet. So far, it's been good. The past two days, I've gotten a lot of DMs and a lot of messages from Russian people, Ukrainian people, a lot a lot from Czech Republic, Finland, Sweden, and all over Europe, people showing great support. I would say... In my Instagram, 99% of the messages are positive. This next part took me out. I know Russia has a bot system, so it takes two or three days to send some negative reviews. So I'm expecting them to come to my page too. Go off. Go off, Nikita. He said he knows his comments mean he can't go back and see his parents in his homeland anytime soon. I hope his parents are actually like in Florida, right? or in Calgary with him. I probably can't go back anytime soon until Putin isn't president or the regime is still there, but Florida is my home now, so I'm enjoying my time there. Not Calgary, just his off-season home. But no, in all seriousness, that is a very brave thing to do. And I think, you know, people are kind of brushing it off and saying, well, I thought we didn't want politics and sports. And it's like, this is a little bit more than politics. Losers of the week, Dallas Cowboys. Losing Trayvon Diggs is brutal. When I saw that news on Thursday, I it was like I was punched in the gut. Like I found out someone I love tore their ACL. <laughs> Just not one of, not someone that makes my football team better, but someone that I was personally close with. And that stinks. It stinks if you have the Cowboys defense in fantasy. That stinks if you root for the Cowboys. If you're rooting against a team that plays for the Cowboys for the sake of your fandom or fantasy team, it just stinks. And it's not a lot. It's not very fun. (laughs) I think that and Nick Chubb. Oh, my. If please do yourself a favor and don't look up the video of Nick Chubb's leg going one direction while he's going another sickening. It's been a brutal season for injuries, for football injuries, and it's only what week, I think it's week three, and that's, that's gonna be a long season, I guess. 
Aaron Rodgers is like talking to the Dolphins to help heal his ankle. He trusts a doctor to fix it, but now it's up to the Dolphins to fully repair him. Let me know how that works out. But that will do it for me here on today's episode of Locked on Flames. Thank you so much for joining me today, this week, at any point in the season. I'm so excited to have everyone listening and watching. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. Love hearing from you in the comments. Leave a five-star review and an, or five-star rating and a nice little review whenever you get the chance. But uh, thanks, everyone, again. This is season four, and I am more than excited to be here. And I hope the flames feel the same way. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.